Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Hello and welcome to Baseball Mainly. Hello and welcome again to Baseball Mainly. It's really cool to see all these guys uh, welcoming people to our show. That's right. At least we know we have those viewers, right? We do. Yeah. Hopefully. Do and we give us, them cards? Yeah, we give them cards. Yeah, with us today as usual, we have uh, Corey, our third base coach. Yay, uh, moving on up in the line. Corey Stewart. We like to call him Corey Sir Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And especially with uh, the Motor City Comic Con coming up. That's right. You know, are you going to go as... Uh, Sir Patrick Stewart. I might shave my head. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Take it away, number talk, one. Talk yeah. about it. Talk with an English accent. Hello. Yeah. No, that's not it. That's not, <laughs> not it at all. That's the wrong part of wow. English. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the chimney sweep in uh, Mary, Poppins. Mary Poppins. Yeah. And also with us, as usual, is Ethan the Statman Perlman. Yeah, it's good to be here, you know. Kind of wish the weather was a little bit better, but... Well, we're inside. It's warm under these lights. Yeah, I yeah. know, but, you know... You you go out after uh, the work day. You maybe want to hit a few balls. It's not f- very fun to hit in the rain. Yeah, sure, it's uh, it's uh, yeah. it's going to be springtime eventually. I think Sunday. I think it starts tomorrow. Sunday is going to be seventy. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be seventy-two and storms tomorrow. I am dreading. Beautiful. I am dreading how bad that humidity will be. Oh man, I'm I'm I miss it. I miss the humidity. Well, if it keeps raining, our grass will be nice and high. Yeah. And uh, speaking of what's going on, what happened this day in baseball in 1961, Ethan? Uh, well, this day in history in baseball, 1961, uh, Willie Mays hits four homers in one game. All of the home runs traveled over 400 feet, and the San Francisco Giants beat the Atlanta Braves 14-4. to Willie Mays is one of the most remarkable players ever. Played uh, for uh, in the Negro Leagues for mm-hmm. a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, came up right after Jackie Robinson. He came up, I believe, in '51 to the yes. to the New York uh, Giants, uh, which later became the San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. So he stayed with the same team. They yeah. just moved out moved to the around. West Coast. Sure. And he made that famous catch in the World Series over you know an incredible catch. Over his head, up against the wall, mm-hmm. and had the, the the sense to turn and throw. Yeah, it was just an amazing play. Mm-hmm. Willie Mays had an incredible career. He batted 302 for his career, but he had two seasons where he batted over 340. He had a season at 347, and I'm not sure about the other one. Maybe like uh, I don't know. I've got it written down here somewhere. Um, 20-time MVP, two times MVP, 20-time All-Star. <laughs> It'd be amazing yep. to be a 20-time MVP. Uh, yeah. And uh, Rookie of the Year in 1951. That's incredible. Yeah, quite a career. And if you ever have a chance to go to the Hall of Fame, that's the guy you want to you want to just stand and look at those stats. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, here's a guy still dealing with the racism that was going on in our country mm-hmm. at that time, especially in baseball. And played beyond anybody who's ever played. Yeah. I think you could you could very well make a, ca- a case for him being if not one of the greatest baseball player ever to play Hands the down. game. And unfortunately, here we are in the American League. Never really got to see him play no, unless you no. watch Saturday afternoon baseball on mm-hmm. NBC. Well, that's pretty good. 
Well, we also do have a video to go well, along with this. Let's see it. This, I want to uh, see him hit this home run. With this historical piece. So if we will roll the video. The Braves meet the Giants in Milwaukee. And baseball history is being made by Willie Mays, who faces Lou Burdett in the first inning and promptly smashes his first home run of the day. Only eight men, including the great Lou Gehrig, have hit four home runs in one game. Today, Willie is joining that select circle. To say, hey boy, was hitless in this series against the Braves until today. But he bounces back with a vengeance. His round tripper in the fourth is a 400-foot belt. The fences are bending today for other players on home run screens, too. Before the game's over, there'll be ten circuit props, including the incomparable Willie's third blast in the sixth. All hit with everything hiding. crowd is all for Willie now as he steps in an eighth and proceeds to poke his record-tying homer into the stands. Until today, Willie thought he was in a batting slump. Well, he found the cure by scattering baseballs into the bleachers. It was May's Day in Milwaukee as Willie found his page in the record book. And so those were uh, some highlights. It was like a home run derby over there. Incredibly <laughs> amazing. Lou Burdett was a great pitcher. Yeah. The guy, the guy he hit it off of, mm-hmm. one of one of the great pitchers of that era. And uh, I love the video. I love the that is the whoever that announcer is. That's the voice of sports uh, that you would see at the movies back well, the in the fifties stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it, back in it, it, they would play stuff like this, newsreels mm-hmm. like this, before movies mm-hmm. back in the fifties and forties. This was the guy's voice. It yeah. was great, and you could tell that the crowd noise in the background was added later. Sure, you know, it just <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little I don't different. Think they had today. really great audio mics like we do nowadays. No, back no, then, a little, little different. Yeah. Uh, well, what else happened on this date in history in 1974? Uh, so in 1974, after attempting to lay down a bunt, uh, Doug Griffin of the Boston Red Sox gets knocked unconscious by a Nolan Ryan fastball uh, that resulted in Griffin now un- having to miss two months of the season, suffering a concussion. Um, I, I just, you know, that that kind of you hear all these stories about Nolan Ryan you know the fights mm-hmm. the you know do you be- know where he was putting be- the ball beaming guy in oh, the he head do where he was putting the ball 90% of the time yeah. well sometimes the ball does get away from a pitcher however that was a time near the end of that time when throwing up and in mm-hmm. that was you're going to crowd the plate. You're going to try and do something. I'm going to back you up. I'm, we're going to move you off. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the ball gets a little too far in. Sure. I doubt that Ryan was trying to hit him in the no, head. Yeah. Not but, Nolan um, Ryan. But also, <laughs> you know, Rico, that, that uh, pretty much ended Rico Petroselli's career, yeah. who you've never heard of, but nope. was a very great player for Boston. Well, do, do you notice, do, do you notice well. nowadays where most Major League Baseball players are now wearing that chin guard, that face guard? Yeah, because too, too many of them have gotten hit in the way face. Way too many. Like Jacoby Jones the other two years well, ago. You, yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is, 
is it so much from pitchers trying to pitch fast, or is it the fact that pitchers try to throw up and in, and they just they have no concept of what up and in really is? I, I think it's a mixture of both. So I mean, it's it's really, and then you know, if you're throwing a couple of pitches at the full count, and your hand's getting sweaty, and you're not getting a good grip on it, weather conditions. I mean, it really can I mean, be anything. Got, you, but you, there you got, are some pitchers out yeah. there that will throw at your head for per, for an all intents purposes. Yeah. So. Well, not, I mean, there are, there are guys who have great command with their fastball, and they can throw up and in, and then they can throw up and in, and you know where they're aiming when they're throwing up and in if they miss really far inside well you you, it it got to a point where there was so many pitchers backing guys off the plate and Mm -hmm. and the game was so much in the pitcher's favor that the rules were changed and the umpires started warning the benches and actually throwing people out of games Mm -hmm. for for throwing inside usually you had to hit somebody right but one guy gets hit in the next inning a guy throws inside and a guy has to duck out of the way they throw both the pitchers out of the game Mm mm-hmm so um, things have changed. Sure. I've talked to you before about Bob Gibson. Mm-hmm. There's a guy you didn't want to dig in against, right? No. He was mean mm-hmm. on the mound. I understand he was a real nice guy when it wasn't game day. There are other pitchers that are like that who are who are just, you know, Ryan was one of them. Mm-hmm. Jack Morris. Yeah. Guys didn't dig in against Morris or Clemens because they were just a little wild. You remember Pedro Martinez when he was playing for Great Boston? pitcher. That yep. was probably the best time to watch baseball was because Boston and Reds, Boston and, and Yankees, Yankees were the, the whole rivalry. But Pedro hated anything in Pins Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> uh, yeah. Sure. Well, you know, this uh, uh, Griffin, Doug Griffin, I, took, I looked a little online about him. He won the gold glove in 1972. Mm-hmm. He was a very good second baseman, kind of an average hitter for that day. Today sure. he'd be making $10 million a year because he batted around 260 mm-hmm. um, He was uh, uh, really never the same after this, it looks nope. like, at least from the numbers. The numbers started to decline. Sure. And he was out of baseball in just a few years after that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Taking shame. a couple too many blows to the head, I think might uh, you know, or one and blow one, to the head, one might, giant might, blow. might take that. Oh, here's here's the other thing. In '74, were they wearing helmets? I, I believe they. Uh, hmm. That's a good question. Mr. Mays wasn't wearing a helmet in that video we just saw. No, no. no. And no. by the way, but that's that's also 23. No, not 23. 13 years prior. <laughs> well, I, the stat man can't do math today. In, <laughs> I apologize for that. In 1968. <laughs> I don't remember Norm Cash wearing a helmet. No. He put some kind of metal thing in his sure. hat. But he was one of the few guys that even tried to protect his head. Sure. Uh, and it didn't, didn't did. help. Sorry. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just wondering if the guy even had a helmet on. I, I doubt that he did. Concussion and temporary hearing loss. He, oh. I mean, the if hel- he did have a helmet, it was probably just the skull cap, not, the, sure. not with the side flap. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. He uh, he died in 2016. Hmm. Willie Mace, however, is still around. He's 87 years Mace, old. Mace, yeah. And uh, so, I've, I've heard him interviewed a few times yeah, on television. Good. That's good. Fascinating guy to listen to. Right. I love listening to somebody talk baseball, not just talk about baseball. Mm-hmm. And Willie Mace certainly could do that. Sure. Well, in uh, speaking of— So uh, according to uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. the internet, 
Uh, the American League adopted the rule. Oh, you're going to check me out now? That, that, all, that all players had to wear helmets in the American League starting March 1st, 1958. So in the American League, they adopted the rule. I'm telling you, rule. they didn't. They did <laughs> not. I am telling you what the internet is oh, saying. Oh, oh, That's wrong. Skip's, get, skip's getting. Oh, skip. skip. I, I know. You're going to get tossed. K-line, you look at those old videos. Those guys weren't wearing helmets. Right, skip, you're going to get tossed. The stat man's going to toss you from the game. Well, I, we're going to have to check it, check that out and talk about it next week. Well, maybe we don't know baseball. But here's something I know even less about. Martial arts. Really? We have a very special guest with us today. Harris Edwards Sr., Junior. You're junior. So your son is three. Correct. The third. I didn't know that. Wow. I just assumed that he was junior because he's younger than you. (laughs) (laughs) But Harris Edwards is with us, is a multi-time gold medal kickboxing champion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've seen some video of Harris, uh, and I'm amazed. Harris is certainly over older than Jack Benny was at 39. Right? Mm-hmm. And faster than anybody I see in their 20s. I know. Just amazing. Welcome. Hey. Happy to have you today. Hey, thanks for having me. I think we have some video of what you do, and I'd like to uh, get after it as soon as we can, because I want, I want our audience to see what this man can do. It's pretty fascinating. Last year, I met a guy at M1 Concourse who, um, he was like driving his car. I introduced myself and I don't think he knew I was an instructor. They didn't even remember me, so I met him again. And then the next time I saw him, we went out to the track. I was like, dude, um, you know, hop again in the car with you? He says, yeah, hop in the car, I need some pointers. So we're going around dragging. He's got the traction control on. And then we're mid-turn, he turns the traction control off. I'm like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> you can feel that he turned off the car and went, I'm like, uh, yeah. that's a no-no. No, no, don't do that. We need to switch drivers. You cool with that? Oh, yeah, yeah no problem. So we get out there, and I turn traction control. I'm, I'm going to leave it off, but you don't just turn it off in the middle of a turn. So we go out there, and, you know, and of course, he thinks he's super fast with his car, and I go out there, and I literally pass every freaking car that's out there, including the race car. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God! He's holding on, like, this is amazing! <laughs> <laughs> So you see what I mean about fast? He's not only a kickboxer, he's a professional driver. Yeah. And I believe that driving came out of service to our state. Yes. um, Back in 1988, I started with the Department of Michigan State Police. Um, Went through an 18-week trooper recruit school academy and graduated the following year. And um, they have a very, very high-level driving program. In fact, it's renowned to be one of the best in the country. And they teach you a lot of car control techniques, things that are applicable to being safe on the streets and the highways and going through medians and driving in the snow, etc. And then I decided to embark on Im- improving upon that by going to some racing school, some high-performance driving educational school on my own. Well, thank you for your service. Uh, how long were you with the state police? Uh, 25 years and two days. 22 days. Yeah. <laughs> 25 years and two days. Well, yeah. it, it must have been a good experience because someone in your family just graduated yes. and is one of the newest state troopers. Yes. Um, my uh, my um, oldest son is um, just recently graduated, and he's actually 
a legacy kid because of myself, and we're actually the first African American legacy family in the history of the state. Police. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, One of two. Uh, another young man also graduated. Uh, his father was also in the department. Yeah, that's great. Well, we just saw a little bit of your kickboxing in that clip. Uh, do we have any more of him kickboxing? Uh, we do. We have one more video. Oh, I, I have to see more because I want our audience to see. <laughs> Skip's, get, uh, Skip's getting riled up today. I no, am, I I know. I am amazed at how fast he is. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, roll it for us there, Kelsey. is about self-discipline, self-control, and self-respect. And discipline is very critical. If you don't train hard, you don't perform well. That was just a little taste of how fast. Quick hands. Not only that, how fast the kicks are. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, I, I understand you know, my hands could be fast. There's no way, and I'm in pretty good shape for an old guy, sure. that, that I've, my legs ever move that fast. <laughs> and and I'm, uh, I, I'm coaching a, a little uh, a ninth grade baseball team right now for a high school. And I, I'd love for them to hear this, that you have to train hard to perform well. Yes. These guys, I think all they've, several of them, mm -hmm. all they've done all their life is play video games. I, I'm convinced. Sure. They, they, and, and this was the best of the group. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be criticizing them. <laughs> yeah, you're about to go. But Don't I'm, you have to coach them I'm, today? I'm very, I'm, I am disappointed that they're, they're not tuned in. To what they're doing, yeah, really zoned in. Sure, right. I could tell you this didn't happen overnight. No. How long have you been uh, uh, involved with martial arts? I started when I was 13 years old, and um, I'll be 56 years old this year. Um, uh, my uncle Otis was the first um, person who exposed me to martial arts back at that age. Um, he was a very high-level practitioner of judo. Did three of the martial arts and kung fu as well, and also Shotokan kind of karate. And I spent a summer with him, and I remember, never forget that he was tossing me around like a little rag doll. I'm like, man, I, this is fascinating. Plus, I was a fan of Bruce Lee back then, like everybody oh, was. Yeah. Sure. And um, I, I remember having this discussion with him. In fact, we just recently discussed this. Um, he says, I remember what inspired you to continue your path. He says, after that summer, before I left, he, I had told him that I'm going to come back and beat you. And that was my motivation. I wanted to come back and be able to beat my uncle. So I said, I'm going to go home and find me a martial arts school. So subsequently, I came back. I found a martial arts school to train out of Detroit. Happens to be a cousin of mine, Anthony Goddard. Um, I came back several years later, and I beat my uncle. He says, the light bulb went on. And he goes, this kid has found his passion, you know, and I continue to do it. And that little video clip you shared there, um, that was actually in um, 
Dallas, Texas, doing that video, um, actually doing a driving event. And I needed a place to train to get ready for the 2017 World Championships. And I trained on the road. I trained in the hotels. It doesn't matter. I don't care if they have a bag or not. So I happened to go to a high-level gym in that community and met the uh, manager there and asked him if I could use this facility. He said, sure. He actually gave me the key to the building, to that particular room. And I went in there four times out that week when I was there and put in that work, and that's where that clip was from. So uh, what happened in that uh, championship? Um, just a- another title. <laughs> <laughs> how many How many gold medals have you won? Um, I've won 44 gold medals over the past seven years. And how? tell me, are, are they in different weight classes, age? Is it like boxing? Yes. Weight? Yes. Um, I fight age. the um, 100 and um, minus... Uh, 75 kilograms. So basically, you can weigh me anywhere between 150 pounds to 165. And I probably, I usually weigh in at about 163, two pounds under the top of the weight class. Uh, I usually walk around at 172. So I only have to lose seven pounds to, to be competitive. And that in itself keeps me motivated to stay in shape and sure. go through my own little workout program to cut that weight. Um, I just, I live, sleep, and drink martial arts. I mean, it's, it is who I am. We we found a good love relationship. I love it. Forty four. Yeah, forty four, uh, and that's a combination between uh, regional championships, the national championships, and worlds. So on the, on the world level, I have thirteen world titles. 13 well, USA. here at NRM, we're really excited to be just in the infancy of starting something called Fighting in My Fifties, which will. Will feature you and your road to your next championship. Yes, excited about that, and it will it'll bring in some of your driving. I'm sure some of some of your family. I know that. Tell, tell any of your kids into martial arts. Yeah, both my sons um, are martial art gurus. They love martial arts. So I was very blessed um, not to have to force them to do what I did. I just exposed them to it. They saw it every day, and they immediately fell in love which made it easier for me. Um, they saw me training every day, so, and I, whatever my students do, I do. Um, you'll hear a lot of the instructors or people say, well, I don't have time to train because I'm teaching. Um, my instructor didn't do that. Whatever he did, we did. Whatever we did, he did. So I, I taught my kids the same concept. So um, both my kids have been trained in martial arts since they were two years of old, two years of eight, two years old. And um, my oldest son is a five-time world champion. Wow. My youngest son has a couple of world titles as well. And um, all of them are memorable, but the, uh, when I turned 50 years old, that world title was super special for me and my youngest son because at that time he hadn't uh, won one for the WKC, and we got to share the stage together that day, and I got to witness him win a gold medal there. And his mom was in the audience yelling his name, my name, getting us confused because we were <laughs> fighting at the same time in separate rooms. It was crazy. <laughs> You know, I started off coaching them, and the next thing I you know, they're yelling my name, Harris, uh, where's your in the ring, such and such. I'm like, huh? So my other two buddies, um, Master Curtis Butler and uh, Master Jeffrey Bryant, took over the coaching, and, and I could trust my kid with, with those guys. They've been around me for a long time. I jump up, run to the other ring, and uh, I began my match with um, one of the other video clips I have. Um, that was in a few years ago. It was an amazing fight with um, a gentleman by the name of Richard O'Flynn. So we had a good time. And is it, are you free in, in, in this sport to 
to punch just like a, a boxer would, to use the karate chops that we <laughs> saw Bruce Lee use? Do you do you flip over in slow motion like uh, they do on in the movies? Tell me, I, tell me what what's allowed, what you can do, and how it all. Yeah, well, well, works. the um, the um, world. Uh, Karate and Kickboxing Commission has very specific rules for the continuous fighting, which is also labeled as kickboxing. Um, you can strike with any of the um, fist portion of your hand, not the backhand or hammer fist, ridge hands, uh, spear fingers, all the other various techniques or heel palm strikes. So you can throw strikes exactly like a boxer can. Okay. Um, the contact points are upper body for your punches. Um, you can punch to the head, side of the head. Kicks, you can kick from the calf muscle. And below, as long as you're attempting a sweep, which is an attempt to take your opponent off mm-hmm. balance or down. Um, if he were to fall to the ground, you can't strike him while he's on the ground. So basically, it's, it's, a, it, it's a stand-up fight. So then it's scored exactly like a boxing match is scored. So the winner of that round gets 10 points, and the loser gets 9 points. And it's a it's, um, two two-minute fight. Um, and I, I fight in two different age groups. So I fight my own age group, and I go down the division and fight. Um, just because, you know, I train awfully hard, and I, I want to make sure better my opportunities to come home with some medals. And I've just been really fortunate and just blessed to come home with uh, a lot of wins. Is there any reason you don't fight in either even lower age classes? Yes. My personal opinion is, um, you know, I train with guys that are 18-year-olds and 25-year-olds, studs. I mean, full-contact cage fighters are regularly, and I fight those guys all the time. Um, this sport is really about showing your ability to be able to execute techniques fast, accurately, and you know with precision, and not about the knockout. Um, some people do get knocked out from body shots occasionally, um, and I don't want to rob an 18-year-old an opportunity to, to get a medal. And not to say that I could beat every 18-year-old, but I know that I'm fighting the 18-year-old in the gym. I'm bringing it mm-hmm. because they're 18. Um, the advantage is the knowledge. So although that subject might be stronger than me or maybe even faster, I have a lot of tools in my toolbox, and I, I can't thought, use those. I thought mm-hmm. maybe you would be concerned about fighting one of your children. Uh, at the time that my uh, – I forget what year it was, but a few years ago we were in Dublin, Ireland. Um, my son um, is in the same weight class. That will never happen for me. <laughs> Some parents fight their own kids. We do in the gym. You know, um, I just I wouldn't go up against my kid sure. on the world title. That'd be hard. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. That's fascinating. It would make for a great movie, though. <laughs> like, oh, we've we've had wars, and there's some pretty pretty funny stories between me me sparring with my kids. Um, <laughs> well, we have to get some video of that for your for your. It's really like a documentary. We're going mm-hmm. from we're going from a few weeks ago to the to the championship, right? And we're gonna. You know, you better win, or else it's not going to be such a great show. <laughs> yeah, no pressure over here. Yeah, no pressure. It's funny you say that because uh, I'm past that. You know, um, uh, that that discussion came up um, um, with a young man, an older man. I don't really know him that well, and he made the comparison about baseball or other boxing. The guy should retire at a younger age. And mm-hmm. What happens if you lose, and then that's you retire? I don't care. I mean. Um, my objective when I go out on the mat against anybody is to win. Yeah. And if the person beats me fair and square and he was the better man that day, I can live with it. I will be back the following year, though. But I'm not concerned um, with that, that, that stigma. Well, you know, I was, didn't Satchel Page pitch into his 50s? Mm-hmm. 
And Bartolo Colon has to be Still close to 46, 50. I believe. Oh, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> He's lived a rough 46 life. or 48. <laughs> I, think, I think it's an even year for Bartolo. Well, and you know what? Speaking of getting to baseball. 45. Oh, okay. That's it? He'll be, he'll be 46 at the end of the month. That yeah. is old for a pitcher, yeah. though. Uh, but wouldn't he be great as a free agent acquisition for the Tigers? Don't you think it at least put some butts in the seats? You bring this up every week. <laughs> um, I, 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 I want to start. There are a couple of things I want to do. I want to get Mickey Lolich in the Hall of Fame. Yep. I want Bartolo Colon to make, make a comeback. Yeah, I but, want fat guys to be in the big leagues. But he loves playing in the NL because he can bat, and then when he bats, that's the that's the, the joy that's of seeing. That's what it. brings people into oh, yeah. the seats. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, not, I'm not gonna lie; he's got a really nice fastball, which I don't understand. It's just generating from his body. I think Tigers are playing in Philly tonight. Catchers are going. Our pitchers are going to have to bat. Yep, and uh, Spencer Turnbull on the mound tonight. Since Tyson Ross is on paternity leave. Wow. Paternity leave or the bereavement list. So Let's hope it's paternity. So Miggy's playing is, first base all is, three games is, or all uh, two games? Paternity leave. What? No, Miggy's playing first base all, all, all the whole series then, I'm guessing. They're not going to take him out. To, there's no I DH. Mean, or you're not going to pinch hit him in late Well, inning. they have no offense I mean, anyway. You, they might as well you leave could, You could pinch hit him. The second game, if you if you really needed him to rest, we need um, to win two games. That's what we need. Had to yesterday do. off. Everybody had yesterday. That's off what I'm saying. The Tigers, I guess. So, speaking of the of dismal performances, I do have a trivia question though today. Okay, go ahead. So, which major? Wait, league... wait, wait, wait. You in for this, Harris? With a trivia question? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. You see, you. Don't watch baseball, or do you watch baseball at all? A little bit, catch a little bit. Very little. Okay. My, I know who who could win this trivia question. In all seriousness, uh-huh. my mom. Really? Or my dad? To like baseball, basketball, football, goons. <laughs> and I'm the I'm the fighter, the neighborhood acrobat, yep. and driver. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell, give us our, give us your trivia question. There. Okay, so you have a one in thirty chance of getting this right. Which team? Okay. Which team, or which ma- yeah, which major league team and spring training facility have had the longest standing relationship? I feel like this is a trick question. Why <laughs> do you feel like it, that's a trick question? It can't because be. It, it can't is, be anybody it, that's on the West Coast because they've all moved from Florida. Right. Yeah. It is a s- straightforward question. I'm guessing. I'm guessing team? the Tigers and Lakeland. That yeah, is the that's a trick answer. question. Yeah. yeah, it's a trick question because we're all biased. <laughs> <laughs> that facility is built on what, at, during World War II, was mm-hmm. a naval air station. It's a beautiful park. Yeah. So you've got, they already had the Lakeland, nice Florida. flat area, and there's still some Quonset huts there where they used to, uh, they're big, they were for hangars, the big type Quonset huts, that are uh, were for aircraft that yeah. the city of Lakeland uses for Maintenance of its roads yeah. and for the taking care of all the ball fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's cool. Well, tell us about tell us about driving a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna mix you in with mix baseball. Me. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I love to drive. Obviously, love cars. Have a passion for the need for speed. And who do who do you drive for? Who how how does this come about? Well, um, I've always believed in that ten uh, year fifteen plan. Mm-hmm. So um, I've always um, worked on that that um, mentality. And so many, many years ago, I started preparing for my retirement that I would have 
a job that I will continue to do that would be fun. Mm-hmm. I can um, relate to that. Yeah, and I've been really fortunate probably since just out of college that I've never had a career that wasn't fun. Uh, so I literally enjoy every day of my career, and I enjoy even just as much now, retired, getting an opportunity to travel all over the United States teaching people how to drive. Um, I'm currently on the um, BMW Ultimate Driving Educational Tour. Um, so we um, go all over the United States, and they fly in about 27 professional drivers, and we put on uh, driving events. We teach people how to do some basic driving skills, actually put them in the cars, the actual brand-new BMW vehicles. They get to come out and rip it up on the um, private track at Autocross parking lot. I'm in, man. Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I do a lot of that all over the United States. Um, and then here locally in, Mi- in Michigan, uh, I currently work for M1 Concourse. I do a lot of private one-on-one sessions. I'm there. I do a lot of team defensive driving programs. I'm usually doing the skid car um, on a huge skid pad area. Um, I do a lot of hot laps. We do a lot of cancer drive events at that location as nice. well. Um, that's a lot of fun. So people come out and donate money for a good cause. We, we load them up two, two or three deep in the car in a Hellcat. Or I'm usually driving a Viper ACR. Mm-hmm. And we get them up to triple-digit speeds out there, and the people are just amazed. You know, it's just the smile on their faces is you can't even put a price on it. You should have seen David's face when he got out of the car. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. David's David. our, David's our uh, expert sound and video guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Budiszewski. Budiszewski. I want to say it right. I don't know. It's David. I can't believe it's David Bud. David was David was taken aback. Oh yeah, he got to, yeah a little bit. He was a little uh, taken aback. But yeah. when we all got the chance to say who was going to be riding in the car with Harris <laughs> when we were filming that day, David did not hesitate no, to jump no, in the yeah. car first. No. I'm proud of him. Yeah, Me and Andy yeah. did not get to go in the car. No, it was hilarious. <laughs> David literally got out that car. I looked over at him for a second. I'm telling you, his face was like, <laughs> he had no skin color. Do you have an air Do you have an air sick bag in the car for David? No, but I'm telling you, I thought he was like walking dead. Right? He could have played play, play in the TV series for real. It was yeah. so funny, man. And, and then Corey tells me later, he was like, oh, my God, this was so, it was so cool. You know? So that, that was a good time. Well, in my youth, uh, we did a lot of fast driving, but it wasn't on a course. Right. You know? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, it was typically straight, trying to keep the car straight mm-hmm. with way too much horsepower. Right. And too much danger. Right. It was, it was really not a good thing to be doing, but it was fun in those days. Hey, oh, you're yeah. here now. So. Wanna, oh, yeah. You're good. Race, you know, come up against some guy on the road and mm-hmm. rev your engine and mm-hmm. start racing. Right. right? Yeah. Well, and the um, uh, statue of limitations has run out on that, has it not? <laughs> 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 well, you know, the, the, the BMW event. That's a corporate event. You know, mm-hmm. um, the, the company that um, employs me to do that is called Event Link, and um, they've been really good to me. And they they make sure they bring in some high quality people. So we got a lot of talented people on our team. It's nice. great working with them. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds like fun. Well, what did the Tigers do this week? We set another record or tied a record. We we tied our own record, which is pretty sad. Uh, the Tigers <laughs> faced off against the White Sox uh, this last series. Um, of course, Saturday was a rain out, so sure. that doubleheader wasn't. Will a, be... It was a snow out. Weather out. You know, <laughs> I, I I I say it cannot snow. If it's above 32 degrees, because then it's technically not snow. Yes, it can. Yeah. No, snow is frozen. Re- is fo- is frozen it may melt when it hits water. the ground, but it, yeah. it, it, it can snow. See, yeah. I, I've seen snow I, at 42. So tell us what against, happened. So the Tigers <laughs> faced off against the White Sox on Sunday. Ronaldo Lopez carves him up for, I believe, he had 12 of the 20 strikeouts against the Tigers. 
20 strikeouts. The last time, the and you tig- said who? Cy Young was pitching. Who? No, uh, Ronaldo <laughs> Lopez. Oh. <laughs> Ronaldo Lopez, well, Cy Young award winning in Detroit. Cy Young award winner. No, uh, uh, I think two, he's got two, like a seven time, three four started. ERA. Well, all star was he an all star? No, but uh, my Ronaldo th- Lopez through through tw- twelve of the twenty strikeouts. I understand we had a couple players strike out twice, a couple players strike out three times. Yep. In my in my opinion, though, he he is an up and coming, dominating face to see in the Central Division. How many other teams have struck out twenty times this season? In None a, in a nine inning game. None. How many last season? One. 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 Right? And it was us. It was the Detroit Tigers against Max Scher- Max Scherzer. So, here's a way that you can so. save payroll in the in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Only put. Five or six guys out there on defense. If you're playing against the Tigers, sure, because all he needs a pitcher and a catcher. That's apparently, yeah. unreal. Seven putouts. Seven. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we knew we were, they were going to be bad this year, though. So we might as well be bad to the limit. You yeah, know, really, but, uh, just really you know make I it had bad. So much. You know, even no matter what I say, I want them to win so badly. We always do. That's what we are. We're fans. We want them to win, but we have to be realistic on the fact that this is going to be a downtrodden year. But but even with the twenty strikeout game, they are only ninth in the league in strikeouts. It's okay. Who's the first? Uh, the Seattle Mariners, who've hit how who, many home who runs? Who also have hit fifty nine home runs and driven in a hundred and two runs. And the Tigers this year. have hit nineteen home runs. Maybe uh, they have hit yeah nine, nineteen home runs and have driven in eighty six. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, I think that's mostly from Ronnie Rodriguez. Yeah. Well, and, 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 I, all right, all right. <laughs> they, they have the same amount of RBIs this year as they do walks. They have 86 walks and 86 RBIs. Woo! That's well, a, new month is coming around, so it's impressive. And, around. And it's impressive <laughs> and not in a good way. Yeah. Well, we got some other uh, bad news on the injury yeah. front. Bad news or good news? No, bad it's bad news. news. You know, I feel, the guy's been hurt every year he's been here. Yeah. I feel bad for him. Mm. You know, no professional athlete wants to do poorly. Yeah, but if he was having this this sort of feeling before, and not just having, because you know it didn't just come up. It didn't. But just come but up. It real, it realistically, Ken, and just for those who don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Jordan Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean it, the the fact that it's his UCL, sure, and it's a sprain, I believe. Mm-hmm. That can come out of nowhere. Yes. The, the Tigers are just lucky it was not a dislocation because the minute you hear that word with UCL, mm-hmm. he's back going for Tommy John surgery. Yep. Hopefully, with this, he won't need it. But they're, well, they're, does, they're, that keep, does that put a little bit of caution on it? You know, pitch I mean, count but, and innings pitched for this year because realistically, I, I don't see him pitching again this year. From from the fact that if he wants to prolong his career, he will have Tommy John again. Yeah, that's uh, what that's three or four now. If down he were on to, two. if he pitched again no, this year, I mean three or four starting pitchers. Now we have Zimmerman out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We have Moore out. Moore out. We have Fulmer. Fulmer out. So, so yeah, great. The the three guys that were supposed to hold down the core. Well, speaking of speaking of pitching, something happened this week that was pretty cool at Erie. Yep, yep. So uh, Wednesday, or Wednesday, not tomorrow, this past Wednesday, uh, Alex Fiedo and Drew Carlton combined for a nine-inning no-hitter. And then uh, two days later, I believe, is when uh, 
Casey Mize got the call to come up to Erie, and last night he made his mate not major league double debut, A double A minor league debut, and he goes nine innings, no hits, allows just two base runners. The first one being the leadoff guy. He just hit with a pitch, uh, three pitches into the game, and then walks. Um, I believe it was the leadoff guy in the seventh, but seven strikeouts, one walk, one hit batter, no hits, 98, 98 pitches. In fighting, you want to have hits, right? Correct. So it's the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, and in baseball, if, if you're batting, you want to have hits. Yeah, yeah. true. And, yeah. We, and we do have a video of the final out. Oh, cool. From last night's game. Oh, we got to see that. Michael mentioned a couple innings ago in Akron against Giovanni Soto was back in mid-July. The 1-2, swing and a weak pop-up, shallow center. Derek Hill chasing in, and going out is the second baseman, Sergio Alcantara, and he puts it away for the final out. Casey Myers has done it. Double-A start number one, and it is a no-hitter for the Erie right-handed pitcher, the number one overall pick in last season's draft. Spent his way through the Tigers organization and has come through with a no-no against the curve here tonight. And your final in Altoona at People's Natural Gas Field is one to nothing in favor of the Erie Seawolves. Second no-no thrown by the Erie pitching staff this season. And Erie takes the opener of tonight's ball game. Well, so do we see him in uh, AAA soon? You know, if he, if he keeps pitching the way he is, there there's no doubt you see him in Triple A. And he actually made an interesting comment last night uh, to the to the fact that he knew his he was like first inning. I, I hadn't I did not have good control of my fastball, and I really didn't have good control of it all night. So what does he do? Instead of throwing a straight fastball the entire game. He starts throwing the cutter and getting ahead of hitters with the cutter and then mm-hmm. mixing in the swerve and the splitter. Sure. Um, but the biggest thing with this is the the fact that he goes nine innings against a team that apparently was averaging about 12 and a half hits a game this season. Nine, nine innings and 98 pitches. That's fantastic. That's low. That, 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 is that is low. That is low. I mean, mm-hmm. and he had one inning. It was the... Seventh or eighth, seventh, seventh inning. He threw four pitches and was out of the inning. Four pitches. Four pitches. That, that obviously the contact. Yeah, the first one was a first pitch line out into the shift. Uh, second batter, I believe, two pitch fly out, and the third, uh, third batter, first pitch line out to the first baseman. Wow. So you know, hitters may think they're seeing the ball well against him. Clearly, they're not. Um, you know, I have no problem with him not being a big strikeout guy. If he can pitch to contact and pitch that effectively, where you, I mean, I don't care that. It, I mean, I appreciate it was a no hitter, but you know, if he was even in Detroit, if he could go seven innings, two hits, one or two strikeouts, but still only have to throw 80 some pitches, hmm. I'll be happy with that every five days. Just let me ask you a question. As of right now, if he comes up to AAA, he's doing really well, and all of a sudden a trade offer comes onto the table from the, the from the Angels saying we'll give you Trout for Mize, would you have, would you do that as a as a as, as Alavila? No, the Tigers Tigers would not do that. 
No, but would you? If that ever well, came here, around, here's would the reason you? you won't do that. You, you're going to pay Trout a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. right? Right. If if you can keep him after this contract, and it's it's been extended, but sure. it's still a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? What way? Hold on, I missed the question. What was the question? <laughs> no, no, let me let hey, just finish. pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> so why? So you you definitely want to keep Mize, who's sure. who's going to come up making not a lot of money. Yep. He's probably going to come up next year or the year after, mm-hmm. and you've got him for six years. Why would you do that? Why would you take Trout and you don't know what's going to happen? Now, either one of these guys could get hurt. That's right. But all things being equal, I'd stick with Casey Mize. Okay. All right. And and I like Mike Trout. Mike Trout's yeah. a great player. Mm-hmm. But he's not coming here anyway. Why would you come here and play baseball in 30-degree weather when you play in California? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I, that's that's a problem with with Major League Baseball, and it's a problem for me. I got offered some seats to a game uh, coming up uh, next week. Yeah, I think it's next week. I said no. I don't. I don't go to games in April. I don't go to games in early May. Yeah. Why would you? You're going to freeze your butt off, and you don't. So and you're, you're saying and you're, looking you're saying at, that Major League Baseball should shorten games. I'm saying Major League Baseball short needs season to, needs to take a look at the length of the season mm-hmm. and where games are played. Shorten it to a hundred hundred uh, game season. Ah, maybe one hundred and forty-five. Let's say. Still playing. You could change still be the play- play- change still the play- playoffs. You know, where's the Super Bowl played? We don't know. It's played somewhere different every year, right? True. Maybe the World Series is played in a neutral place. But you'd then, ha- yeah, you'd have to think neutral. But but then you have to make it a one game, because you're not gonna have. Fan fans will not be happy with a one game set, one game World Series game if you do it in a neutral location. One if you, if game? you do it in a I don't think so. Location, three, I, I would say three you, at best. You're either going to have to do it one, Hold on a one second. or three. Yeah. But you can't go beyond that. Hold on a second. How long is Super Bowl week? It's oh, it's, it's, it's a, one it's, week. A one okay. week feels but, like a so month. So you have a one week <laughs> World Series in Atlanta, in Houston, in L.A. In in um, in Miami, someplace where you're going to have decent weather in sure. freaking end of October. So there's another reason why this more than likely would not work is the fact that, uh, you know, we're getting off topic. Team here, teams way. with cold weather environments in September and October know they'll never have a shot at hosting if it's based off of going where there's the best possible weather. Uh, but so, if they share in the revenue. They'll be fine. I I think it matters to teams that their fans. Okay, it's a little bit of an advantage to the weather too for a home team. Yeah, it's the same thing for the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's a little. We had a Super Bowl here because we had a new stadium and it was indoors, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had a Super Bowl prior to that here because we had a new stadium. It was indoors. Mm -hmm. In Pontiac. Yeah. But We're not going to have another Super Bowl here for a long but you, time. But you do see Super Bowls happen, okay happening outdoors on the East Coast. A few years ago, it was in uh, New York or New Jersey. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it does happen more in football than I think would ever happen in baseball and if in they foot, rolled it that And way. football's kind of a cold-weather sport, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to see, see baseball played in the sunshine. I don't want to see it played in the uh, in, interminable, if that's the right word, <laughs> overcast— of Detroit. 
I, I mean, I, I can understand uh, that, I'm, but it, I'm it, just it, a grumpy old man. What can I say? Skip's on fire today. I, I know. He okay, is. He's we're getting, getting ready for his. We're going to talk team. about somebody who made his debut this debut this week. That's yeah, uh, Vlad um, Guerrero Jr. I want to know. All I want to know about him is: Does he swing at the same pitch as his dad? Swung yes. At? He he, sw- he he swings identical to his dad, and he ha- he gets the same results. So it will be. Well, if he gets the same results, he's going to be a great player. Yeah. We'll see. Toronto has something there. I, I guess he started off okay, went two for his first six or so. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's great. And we're going to talk about a new RBI record. Yep. Uh, Cody Bellinger sets a new RBI record prior to May 1st with his 37th RBI last night, breaking a tie with Mark McGuire and Juan Gonzalez. Hmm. Those are two pretty good players. Yep. Cody Bellinger is... Uh, Certainly going to be the face of the National League, just yeah. like Mike Trout is the face of the American League. True. And 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 he, as he, unfair as it is, they are in large part because they speak English. Yep. But uh, in the National League, it's going to be Bellinger and Yelich. Yelich well, is, is he still, okay? I understand he he hurt his back. I mean, he did he did injure himself. But Yelich is one of those guys who's young enough. Who is putting up the, about the same number as Bellinger is? So it will be, you know, a good rivalry between the two. I feel like. For, well, this is my this is come. my fantasy to be as good as these guys. And uh, if you want to live, if you your, keep practicing, just maybe one day you will. If you want to live out your fantasy, and it's not really fantasy baseball, but it's it's baseball an adult That's can right. play. You're gonna want to you're, you're gonna want to check out play at the plate. Yeah. Right. Play at the plate is fantastic. I've been a few times. Let's check out. Uh, this little uh, uh, commercial we put together for him, and then let's talk about it a little bit. Would you like to play some baseball? Do you still dream of playing on a major league field, experiencing the magic of places like Field of Dreams? For 15 years, Play at the Plate has been making dreams come true. Play at the Plate offers you the chance to play ball. Join us for a lifetime experience. Go to playattheplate.org or call Scott Green at 631-255-4475. That's 631-255-4475. Well, it's a it's a it really cool event. Oh yeah, uh, Joey and I, and Donna's going to join us too. We're oh gonna, cool. We're gonna, but she's not playing. Oh, she's good. She's going to root for you. She's good enough to play. I've I I've seen her play softball. She's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey and I are going to go play in the uh, in the tournament in Durham coming up at the end of this month. So if you're interested in playing where Bull Durham was mm-hmm. filmed, uh, in a great stadium in a wonderful part of the country. That uh, that area, uh, Raleigh Durham, it's, it's exciting. Uh, you got some great universities there. It's a, it's a neat part of the country, not far from the coast. An hour or so drive over to the coast. You want to check that out. So, cool. Uh, you, you're gonna it, it, if you want to play some baseball, you don't have to be a great player. Uh, come out and play. Sure. Come out and play with uh, Play at the Plate. Look at their website, playattheplate.org. For all their upcoming um, uh, tournaments, uh, there's some great ones. In that video we just showed, that was at Field of Dreams in Iowa. That's a neat place. Yeah. And it'd be a great place to go with your son or daughter mm-hmm. and play some baseball cool. on that on that iconic field. And I think part of the deal on that trip is they, sh- they take you out there in the evening and they show you the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. My Very favorite cool. baseball movie. Uh, yeah, nice. That's playattheplate.org. Call Scott Green at 
1769 or what was the other number? Uh, yeah, so okay. we do not have it. We had it, on, we had it on the commercial. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, Scott's a great friend, uh, does a great job with this with these tournaments, and it's a labor of love for him. Really nice. So, so who's our spotlight? So we are going to do we are going to do the sixty yard dash real quick with the spotlight. It's on Alex Fiedo. We always talk about him. Pitcher uh, currently at Double A Erie. As we said, he was part of that combined no hitter on mm-hmm. uh, last Wednesday. Uh, so far on the year, he started four games, uh, one and one record with a three five two run average, a seven eight three WHIP. Uh, he's allowed sixteen hits over twenty three innings. He's Unfortunately, allowed five home runs over those uh, 23 innings. He has struck out 26 and walked two. So his command is uh, stuff is resulting in a good amount of strikeouts per innings pitched. 0.738 whip. 0.738. Yeah, that's amazing. This guy's yeah, good. good. Yeah, we'll see him soon. Pitched in the College World Series. I see, Bur- I see him, Burroughs, and, and Mize really becoming the— And, and uh, Manning. And Manning. And Manning. Well, we'll yeah. see about Manning. Those four guys. <laughs> those four guys are the. That's the rotation that's of the future, be the I believe. Rotation. So we are. Uh, we are down to what a lot of people have told me is one of their favorite segments. Well, hold on, because we we've kind of neglected Harris. You can definitely get into yes. This. <laughs> this What's is, your diet like, Harris? <laughs> this is our ballpark cuisine. Oh. We discuss this every week. Ethan finds these great foods throughout the Major League Baseball parks. So take it away, Ethan. So we are now on to Major League Ballpark number 16 this week, so we're over halfway through them all. Uh, Back out to Chicago to Wrigley Field, and uh, the first item up is the Pork Tenders. They are crispy (laughs) hand-breaded pork strips (laughs) served with Japanese barbecue sauce and cabbage and carrot slaw. Oh, nice. I'm in. I'm in. (laughs) <laughs> okay. For cheap food. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, this is not part of Harris's training regimen. No, no, no. Sure. no, no, no after no, you've no. made weight and, you know, after you've dieted and worked out for 10 straight weeks. And, and then you, you get to purge. Yeah. And yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. That would be, I'll be All right. But it looks it good. Got a little, there's so, a little veggies underneath. Yeah, that is the uh, probably the cabbage and carrot slaw. Yeah, yeah you got to throw that in there. And uh, so then we have our final item, which is the disco fries. Which are braised beef short rib, roasted garlic aioli, queso fresco, and green onions atop crispy fries. And served in the... And served in the little helmet. Oh, nice. So you get a souvenir. You do. You get get a souvenir of, of having to buy new clothes. (laughs) <laughs> go, go, go see your cardiologist. Both, both, the, both, exactly. the, both uh-huh. the clothes that you've gotten this stuff all over and the size of your girth increasing. Yeah, that's right. But yep. it looks good. You yeah. know, you anything know. with fries. I, I miss fries. I don't have them very often. What's your favorite type of fry? Mm-hmm. What was your favorite Ooh, type of fry? Uh, Waffle fry, curly uh, fry, or regular straight fry? With or, or ketchup. Steak fry. With ketchup. Or steak fries. Any fry with ketchup. Sweet okay. potato fries. Ooh, I like I'm sweet not, potato uh, fries. Those are good. You can justify that. It's like, that's supposed to be good for you. Yeah, right. It's a sweet potato fry. Yeah, but then you add honey onto it just to make sure. <laughs> well, that no, no, that's when you use the cinnamon brown. The butter. Oh, that's a must. I just had that the other day. Yep. Well, so you, you you have you have this great ballpark food, 
We need to do a show just on ballpark food. Yeah. We, we need to go to some of these ballparks and, and eat, eat them. Ballpark Ooh, especially food. Wrigley. I mean, I've never been to Wrigley. I haven't the either. one game I was supposed to go got rained out. Yep. Yeah, no. I've uh, never been to Wrigley either. Hoping to go sometime this summer. Uh, we we know a friend, a family friend of ours uh, has well, season tickets to hook Wrigley. Hook us up. So, hook yeah, us up, man. Yeah. yeah. We'll take Harris with, it, with us. We'll <laughs> turn drive. him into a baseball fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can drive. <laughs> And get us there very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can get around that crazy traffic going through Chicago, I'm all for oh, it. Oh, I've seen yeah. him drive. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he can. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's going to wrap up another week of baseball mainly. Mm-hmm. Kelsey has done such a great Fantastic job keeping us job. on track yeah. today. I want to thank you, Harris, for joining us. Looking forward to seeing Fighting in My 50s. Looking forward to getting a ride out at M1 in one of those cool cars. Oh, we can yeah. definitely make that happen. Yeah. yeah. Make sure to check and us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram now. We have everything. So check us out and, and so hit a like button. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for the views and let's play too.